welcome back to the Darf Show, presented by Thirsty Goat Entertainment. Um, I'm here with Nathan um, and a guy who thinks he's a heck of a lot younger than what he really is. Just, just got back from my Jeep ride, man. Here, hang on a minute. Let me get ready. No problem, Dad. We'll wait for you. Are you good? Sorry man? about that. I had to keep turn my hat around. You know, I was topless out there in the Jeep. <laughs> Yeah, and you can find all that information on his uh, social media. He'll be posting that there later. Uh, I don't have social media. <laughs> you have Twitter. Yeah. 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 Snapchat. So uh, let, let's start here. Um, you know, obviously going to recap last night's race a little bit. And that won't take long. Well, I, I have to start here. And um, for those watching with us, I have to say that it was absolutely pure excitement yeah yeah wow that was my face the entire time it was on like i kept looking forward to the end yeah pure excitement nathan i hate the world bowling (laughs) that's bad you lived that moment though man wow you know beforehand before the show started matt you and i were talking nathan wasn't even here yet but you were talking about the bush brothers when they did the announcing on the xfinity race You know, and how Kyle had to take all the hand-me-downs of Kurt. That's got to be Kyle's entire story right there in one photo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm only here because mom and dad told me I had to. Yeah. My brother's getting a trophy and I have to show up. <laughs> I had a lot of hair back then. I don't have much now. I think so it's longer. Darker. I have to say, if you look up the 2020 uh, Martinsville race, I think that picture is what describes it. And Atlanta yeah pure excitement yeah. atlanta was martinsville was horrible yeah for martinsville standards yeah i was, was really looking forward to i mean we did the you know throttled up show last night and i recorded the race and could not wait to go home and watch it and it, i set up and watch it but it was horrible the first stage was kind of interesting with the tire wear and you know what teams had missed the setups and then after that it went to heck I, I mean, I hate to say anything bad, but I will. I, I didn't stay up and watch the whole race. I watched the first 300 laps. I said, screw it. I'm done. <laughs> the only reason I did was because we had this show tonight. Right. I thought, I need to watch this in case something happens. Yeah. And Yeah. And, you know, I'm with you. I applaud NASCAR for everything they've done to yeah. try to get the sport going again. But we bragged so much on the that short track package, mm-hmm. but at Martinsville it does not work or no. – I don't know what it was. I mean, it, that was just absolutely yeah. boring. But like I said, thank God for the first stage, and I think what really helped that is no practice. I'm starting to really like the no practice. Yes. It makes things a little bit more unpredictable. You know, they really don't have a feel for their car yet. They don't have rubber worked in the track as well, and, you know, it just throws another variable in. When you have Jeff Gordon, like, at, at the end of every commercial break saying – man i can't wait till the sun goes down so we can see how much those rotors are glowing yeah. if that's your only highlight to look forward to yeah you know i'm thinking we know they glow you know let's yeah. let's move on breaks get hot that's what happens yeah <laughs> so, but it was it's all fake news it's phony stuff it didn't happen so here's what i want to ask about the no practice thing do you think that and i i don't i'm not i don't want to sound like i'm advocating for people to lose their jobs one thing we hear about in nascar all the time especially from the owners is we have to control costs we have to bring the costs 
of running a NASCAR level cup team down. To me, part of where racing has diverted um, and become more expensive, and we can talk about it in any series all the way down, is now the number of engineers and mm -hmm. departments and people that you know are are involved. If you take away practice, you don't need all those guys at the track on the weekend. You know, and I think some of these teams with the COVID rules are kind of figuring that out that maybe we can do it without every engineer being there. Mm -hmm. I would like to see all that. And man, if we're going to cut costs with races like last night, we're let's cut the mileage. Yeah, that would have been I would have been fine with 300 miles last night at Martinsville. Yeah, and I think that's the idea. We go back to talking about you know those weekday races which i do love i love that you get a nascar race in the middle of the week i would love to see those wednesday races be cut mileage races yes let's go because i think we talk about how much the stages at at excitement go to a martinsville and mm -hmm. say you know you've got 250 300 miles there is no you better a there's no practice you better come out of the box and you better hit it on your first pit stop because this thing's going to go, and we're and we're going to race flag to flag. Or here, let's try this. Let's uh, Martinsville, Bristol, break them all up into six heats, run the heat races. That's how you line up the feature. Yeah, run 150 lap feature. Everybody go home. Mm -hmm. And and you know, and even in that, drop the number running the the feature just like we do on Saturday yeah. nights. So some guys have to race their way in. Yeah. You can't. You can't slide through and just hope to make the race. Yeah. But I'm like you. I, I love these midweek races, but last night it was scheduled to be on TV for four hours. I think it did go over. It that. did. Yeah. And, you know, people people's going to lose interest. You know, they're going to have to go to bed, get up for work Thursday morning. And, you know, if they're going to do it, wave the green flag a little after 7 like they did, be over with by 9.30. 10 o'clock run a three-hour race and you're done i don't know tops i don't know anyone that upholds nascar more than you do mm -hmm. and for you to say you know it was it was a boring race i mean yeah that's saying I mean, something yeah, not, yeah. For, for you yeah you know definitely yeah because i kept watching like where is the highlight mm -hmm. they're just i mean there's a little bit Boyer bang. on the outside passing a couple times yeah. was about the only and yeah. you know that didn't say a whole lot because i mean it was you know bristol you could race anywhere and martinsville was if you weren't on the bottom yeah you were doing nothing yeah, you were getting freight trained so I, i'm gonna throw this out here too and i don't want to i don't want to change you know kind of the way we do things uh here on this show we we're definitely not political commentary and that's not the, the whole thing but probably the biggest news coming out of nascar um you know because the race was you know obviously less than what had been hoped for but you know is the banning of the confederate flag at all tracks at all events i should say at all nascar events um and some of the reaction um very 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 strong reaction uh which you could assume from the nascar fan community what do you guys think about again not trying to get in your personal political opinions but what do you guys think about nascar's decision to do this I've been thinking about this a lot and I understand why they done it, you know, with the times we're going through right now. It's, I mean, it's, it's crazy, but 
I don't know if they really had another choice. I mean, to me, when I watch a race, I mean, I'm not, I'm not offended by the Confederate flag at all. I mean, I know what people are, but when I watch a race, I don't pay attention to see what flags are flying in the infield. Um, some people do, but I mean, I could go both ways on the whole deal. Uh, but I mean, I'm kind of middle of the road. I see why they done it, but I understand why people are very upset and they, and you know, they've got a right to be, but I mean, it's just sign of the times right now. It's just freaking crazy. What's going on. You know, the whole world's a mess right now without getting too deep into what I'm I'll keep it restricted. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to answer this to you. Yeah, because that's hard to. You know, that's where all my family's from is the South, mm-hmm. and that you know that was always built. You know, that's a, a heritage mm-hmm. flag from you know most of my family. You know, I have cousins that live down in in Southern Kentucky and Tennessee. That I mean, mm-hmm. I guarantee if we drove in front of their house right now, there's one flying in their front yard. Yeah. But I think if they're going to go as far as say. The, that flag cannot be flown then they should just say all flags outside the american flag cannot be flown you know do away with all of them because then you're going to get you know especially when you're down the carolinas north georgia mm-hmm. you're just going to get people why can that flag fly but we can't fly our flag right so i think if nascar is going to make a stand they need to stand across the board and say they all come down yeah and i'm gonna say this i think that I think the tough thing for a lot of NASCAR fans to swallow is the combination of both things. Obviously, I will I will applaud NASCAR for, you know, trying to improve diversity in the sport, mm-hmm. to try and open those doors. Um, I, I, I am glad that they have supported Bubba Wallace through everything. I mean, we can go back to what happened – with the Kyle Larson deal when we were in quarantine, um, NASCAR needed to do something. I think the tough thing for a lot of NASCAR fans, though, is you've got this support for this movement here, but we're getting rid of this movement. So I think in similar ways to what you're saying, and I, this isn't – I'm not saying one or the other. I think it's tough when you say you can't have this, but we'll let – this stuff be shown yes i i think you got to be really careful with alienating you know your fan base your your because your you know, drivers your employees um you know when they go to talladega and the fans come back when that camera pans across that uh that campground in the infield there's going to be one flying oh yeah because you're going to have that one Alabama boy that says they're not going to stop me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's tough, too, when, you know, just talking from obviously my job is in administration. And, you know, I, that's something I always try and play devil's advocate when we're putting a policy together or something. How do you enforce it? You know, it, that's that's a that's that's a wide sweeping statement. Who is who are you having enforce it? Who's going to oh boy from, you know alabama's camper and and demanding it's taken down or removing him. yes um because sometimes you you say these things and then being able to actually implement them and, and follow through is much more difficult than just the announcement i i you know and it, 
I understand, you know, we, we have a lot of diversity and it, it's going to happen, but to uphold this one person's beliefs, we're stamping out so many other people's freedoms, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, we're just getting into uh, a slippery slope that, you know, they, they need to really be careful with there. Yeah. And I think this too, and I, I do want to say this in the same sense of, I, I, I want my sports just to be my sports. Yeah. I, I wish we could leave politics out yeah. of sports. Yes. yes. And I, and I, that's not a knock on anybody. Um, and I, I want to say this but on, on top of that, I wish the athletes would stay out of politics. Yes. I, I wish the politics would stay mm-hmm. out of the sports, but the athletes stay out of the politics. Mm-hmm. I here here's where I'm going to maybe contradict or, or disagree with you a little bit. I have no problem with them having a, a voice, um, wanting to stand up for something they believe in. I have no problem with that on their own time. I go back to Muhammad Ali. Ali was obviously totally against the Vietnam War. He never, when he walked to the ring or got in the ring or was fighting, there was never talk about Vietnam and him not you yeah, know, being a conscientious objective. He was there to do work. He was in there to do his mm-hmm. job. Now, when Howard Cosell and you know ABC Wide World of Sports wanted to stick a camera in his face and ask him what he thought, I 110% that believe that's his platform mm-hmm. to, to push something he's passionate about. That's where I want the separation. If LeBron James wants to spend his time outside of the NBA or whoever in the NFL or Major League Baseball or NASCAR, that's fine. And, and I'll, I'll support it. I, I, I support you going and doing that just the same as I can. I just want my sports to be my sports. Yes. Yeah. And I guess that's where I'm kind of at with it um, across the board. I, I just I, I just want to be able to watch sports and not have a you know something controversial. But what I also was going to say on the flip side of that, that's kind of my knock on the, the athletes and the sport. Can we all just take a deep breath and step back for you know 10 seconds take a good count to 10 before we blow up and we're we're done with everything like I, and i'm not picking on anybody individually but i don't know that i've ever seen more on social media of an announcement's made i'll never do this again i'll never watch this mm-hmm. i'll never go there i'll never do that just just chill for a little bit see how it plays out mm-hmm. breathe like it, you oh, yeah. d- don't jump off the cliff every time. I, I'm not saying I agree with it a hundred percent, but you know, I know this too. I'm still going to watch. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm leaning toward Nathan. Also, when I watch a race, I watch the race. I don't watch to see what flags are flying. Yeah. I don't watch to, you know, to see, you know, what political statements trying to be made. I want to see racing. Yeah. You know, outside of that, I could care less about yeah. anything else. I That's, why i tune in to watch your race i want to see what's on track see how everything unfolds i'm not looking like you say to see what's in the infield i'm not looking for anything that's negative you know to bomb nascar and all that but the majority of people i see on social media that's complaining about it have said in the past that they don't watch racing anymore but you're still complaining about it you know if you don't watch it then you know yeah. Why are you complaining about it? You just want to stick your nose into it, and I, that's just a big pet peeve of mine. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you, and I saw you kind of post that the other day. Is if you say you're not going to watch NASCAR and you hate it or you hate whatever it is, 
then what's it matter to you what they do? Mm-hmm. I mean, they can decide to go race Toyota Priuses. You weren't watching it anyway, so what's it matter? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and don't get me wrong. Things have to change. I know we talked about this on here the other day, and, and people think that other areas haven't changed. But, you know, things things have to change. Um, I just wish we could just get back to the focusing on racing. And I also think, I, I don't know if I, this sounds good or bad. Um, I just think it was really odd timing the way NASCAR kind of did everything, I guess is one thing I would say, you know, that was pushed out right there yesterday afternoon before they're in Martinsville. Um, I would have rather seen it instead of being like a, Hey, let's push this to the media and announce it, and then let's go racing. Mm-hmm. I, I would have liked to seen them have a press conference mm-hmm. and discuss the decision. And here is why, and be willing to answer some yeah. of those tough questions. And you know, not saying it's going to help, but you know, just that one brief announcement—it just overshadowed the whole race. Mm-hmm. In my, that's opinion. a great way to put it. Yeah. yeah. All right, uh, moving ahead here with our our pure excitement. Uh, looking ahead here to Homestead, Miami this weekend. Mm-hmm. I hear weather does not look good in Homestead. Imagine that. Um, but in sunny Florida, <laughs> yeah. It's, huh. Uh, but looking, let's at, plan a race during hurricane season. Yeah. Here's my excited face. <laughs> Let me hold on. Let's see here. Put it up on pure excitement. There we go. Uh, wow, that's bad. <laughs> as we go, what ahead. am I wearing too? Uh, that appears to be um, like maybe a, a county uh, <laughs> jumpsuit. That's what I was wondering. <laughs> uh, yeah, that kind of, I mean, that maybe out on work detail. I'm here, so I won't get fined. <laughs> uh, I'm not, I'm really not looking forward to Miami. Why? See, I, that track was never exciting to me in the past. That's why I never figured out why it was the final I, track. I, I don't disagree with that at all. You know, it's a cookie cutter track. If we get anything like we just got last night, it's going to be a hurry up and get over with race. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why I was always lost when, you know, NASCAR, we're going to finish the season out at Miami. And I know why, because it's still warm down there. We can run later in the year because of that. But it's just, I, I just don't see, you know, it getting anywhere. So let's play, let's play, you know, NASCAR chairman right now. What would you do at Miami to make the excitement? I, I really, I don't know. I don't have an answer. And I, I probably shouldn't even voice it, an opinion because all I have is an opinion. I don't have a resolution. I don't know what we can do at that track to make it more exciting. Unless every stage you invert the field. You know, let everybody pit. When you come out, you know, hey, we're going to invert. At least between stages one and stage two. But not tell them you're inverting and then everybody stands back, sandbags during the pit stop. But I'm kind of different because I actually like that track better than I do like Texas or, you know, like the quad oval type tracks like Charlotte. It's kind of like the old Atlanta in a way. You know, it's still kind of the, the same shape. Yeah. And you can run up top and you can run on the bottom. And, you know, you can run a few different multiple lines no grip and all that sliding around well they'll put the pj1 down probably you're probably right you know that's the other thing is when you do start sliding around we got to put the pj1 down so they they all got grip yeah 
but I do like that track more than what I do the other mile and a half tracks. But oh, I like it better than like yeah. Texas, Chicago, yeah, Kansas. You know, but it's still just it's a, a, still a mile and a half, but yes. it's uh, it's it's different. You know, or make a roval out of Miami. Yeah, they do have a road course. In I know they field. do. Yep. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah. That would be really interesting, actually. They do at Pocono also yes. too. Yeah, but but Pocono is interesting. To I was going to say that's mm-hmm. the only thing about Pocono. I love Pocono because yeah, it's so different. Every corner is different, and you can watch the drivers. They that is challenging to yeah. a driver there. Yeah. So I'm I'm not going to argue we need to change Pocono, but all the mile and a half. You know when Miami or when NASCAR was in its heyday in the '90s. They couldn't build tracks fast enough, mm-hmm. and it's just like this builds another mile and a half. Let's yeah. build another mile and a half. Well, it, it is. It's it's cookie cutter. I know is a cliche term, but it was just we have the plans. We know how to build these. Let's just yeah. keep yes. multiplying them across the country. And uh, I I do. I, I wish there was a little bit more diversity. Yeah, <laughs> in that. Um, <laughs> so, but. I, I do like the idea of running the road course. I like the idea of inverting the field, too. And I, I know that that would probably blow up some NASCAR fans as well. But I think you need to do some of that stuff. I'm pretty traditional with NASCAR. And, you know, let them race. And, or, you know, find some type of lottery that runs. And after they finish stage one, this many get inverted. Yeah. That way you don't know. It ain't like, okay, mm-hmm. if I get in the top 20, I'm good. You know, find some tumbler system okay we're inverting you know 32 we're inverting 15 we're inverting and if you're as good as what you say you are it shouldn't bother you mm-hmm. i like that yeah because you know me not being a huge tony stewart fan there were times when tony's stuff was right like at talladega i think he enjoyed going to the back of the field and coming back through there oh i do too i think he used to play yeah i, I think, think it he was, used to play I'm go back to the back and see how quick i can get and that might have been a test for the end of the the, the race I, I, but you know you're like tony's all the way in the back and then you like he'd race and up in, through in there. 15 laps you're yeah. like he's in second again yeah like, what is he doing so i, I agree with that 100 percent. johnson used to go and kind of sand back back there because yes. they would just wrench and wrench and wrench stewart he'd go back and forth through the field three or four times like just I'm gonna go see this line. I'm gonna work with these guys. Draft here, so yeah, I, I think if you if you know your stuff is right, go get it. But then we're adding a little more racing in there. And for those guys who maybe get moved to the front, I think it encourages them to take some chances in the pits. Because if I'm running, you know, tenth to fifteenth, and I'm going into pit, I'm probably not thinking, all right, take a huge swing at this. Let's see if we can get it to the front. I'm thinking, all right, let's stay pretty conservative. We're, we're running a good, let's try and get a solid top 10 and get out of here and move on the next week. But if I'm thinking I may get inverted, I'm going to swing for the fences. Yeah. And that's the one thing about last night's race. There were names at the top of the leaderboard that you never see mm-hmm. at the top of the leaderboard. Mm-hmm. Corey LaJoy, he was up there for a little bit in the first stage. and you know, Well, he was up there through a lot of it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's like all the common denominators that are always in the front mm-hmm. outside of uh sliced bread there all struggled yeah. and it was good to see some different people up there you know yeah. it, was, it was actually enjoyable i think michael mcdowell was up there he for was. a while uh well even bubba wallace you yeah. know he was up fifth or sixth well and, right there to the end he was battling 
he was all over Jimmy Johnson's quarter panel coming to the checkered flag. Wow. Battling for 10th and 11th yeah. there. I mean, so – but, uh, I mean, that's my idea. Maybe I should never be in control because I'm sure there'd be a whole lot of drivers and crew chiefs looking at me like, you're going to make me go from the lead to 25th, you know? But, <laughs> you know, and I put your money where your mouth yeah. is, man. Yeah, exactly. And maybe not give no bonus points for the end of stage yeah. two since you are inverting it. Hmm, I like it. Yeah, I, I like I said, I, I don't know what it could hurt. Yeah, try. We, it and, you know, everybody keeps saying they want to see more racing. That's, yeah. and you know that way there is not a set. Well, if I'm here, I'm good. Or if I finish 25th, I'll, I'll get to start first. I don't have one this week, by the way. Oh well, that was early. Yeah, but this is not because we're going to get ready to go to our hot takes. All right. So dramatic. Oh. I feel like I'm ready to hear case files open up. <laughs> Unsolved mysteries. Oh. <laughs> I got it. All right. So this is my first one, and it right before you usually hear that, you hear you hear the you have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in court of law. It's all fake news. It's phony <laughs> stuff. It didn't happen. Yep yeah okay so uh they weren't my pants i just bought them at, at goodwill yeah <laughs> they weren't my pants that's a true story <laughs> here we are uh you know talking about homestead and that's why i wanted to jump in here uh on homestead uh because i would say the the, the exciting thing i'm looking forward to this weekend if we get the races in is not anything to do with the cup series but it is Dale Jr.'s return to the Xfinity Series yep. here. Yeah. Um, I think it's the only time he's going to run this yeah. year, actually. Now, asking you guys, and obviously we've seen him jump back in the car here for some races. What do you expect out of Jr. jumping back in now? I expect him to have a good time. And as soon as it quits being a good time, I think that's when mm -hmm. he's good to go. I think he'll fare pretty decent. You know, I don't know if he'd could win or not i mean he's obviously got a chance but you know it round 10th or so top 10 that really wouldn't surprise me out of him and i don't know that it's a double header for the xfinity mm -hmm. series there's the race saturday and then i believe there's another one on sunday I think you're right. supposed to be so yeah. i don't know I, I think he will do fairly decent but i'm actually concerned over the heat if they do get it in yes. you know for the xfinity and for the cup guys because you didn't watch it early. Austin Dillon had to get removed from the car early I, last night I because saw that he on was. The, but yeah, you know, he, his tire went down early, and all the cru mm -hmm. the crush panels came out first and, lap. And I don't know if he was getting carbon monoxide poisoning or he was heat exhausted yeah. by heat. But yeah, they pulled him out of the car early. Mm. So, and I'm concerned with Miami. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you guys ever been to Florida in the summertime? That's a whole different oh, kind yeah. of heat. Yeah. Well, and and let's go back to the Atlanta race. You know. I don't care where you stand on on your favorite drivers or anything. Watching that interview with Bubba Wallace, yes. where he goes, that's scary. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was yeah, scary. He went, out, he went out in the middle of the interview. Yeah. I mean, you could yeah. hear in her voice when yeah. she's like, hey, "He's not okay. He's yeah. not okay." Yeah. That was that was really really scary yeah. watching that. And, and I, you know, and they even panned on the Atlanta race over to Ryan Newman sitting there mm -hmm. up against the wall. And he didn't look right either. He didn't either. Yes. I agree. Yeah. And it always amazes me. I know they got to do the Coke shot, but I'm sitting there thinking. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it also, I, I will say this. I was going to say it amazes me because the last thing I would want is a Coca-Cola when I get out of that car 
that that window. But it was interesting too when they talked about the calories they expound that sometimes that sugar they need to get that oh, yeah. sugar back mm-hmm. in them too. So, but I just can't imagine being that hot, that dehydrated, and thinking, "Man, give me a good Coca Cola Classic." I've always been curious how a diabetic would react in a situation like that because you've exhausted and all your resources, all your resources, yeah. Yeah. and you know. A diabetic is so roller coaster with their sugars anyway that I, I mean I could see you just mm-hmm. crashing out, you know, because you're you're spending way more than yeah. than that, you know. That's and you have diabetic has extra, but and again I know we talk about this on here we have before I guess I should say, but you know people saying that these guys that are drivers, race car drivers, aren't athletes. Well, they're crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I understand you can say well whatever, but all you do is look at those guys. I mean, even on a dirt track Saturday night, I mean. You know, we see the guys in Victory Lane when they come there and how much they've, uh, you know, they're exhausted, what they've gone through. Unless you're Nick Hoffman. Yeah, yeah, yeah Nick yeah. Hoffman's just a freak. <laughs> yeah, he, he's not even out of breath after two features. But I do agree <laughs> with you. But I want to bring it up because, I mean, watching Atlanta on Sunday, yeah, I, there, there's that was one of those that I've seen a handful of times with some things that a live interview that was scary. You could even tell when he was talking before he wasn't, he he was glassed over, yes. but yeah. man, when he went out, that was terrifying. Yeah, that uh, I was trying to find on here. Corey LaJoy posted uh, on his Facebook how many calories he burned in the race last night. Three thousand eight hundred seventy-five calories. Average heart rate of one sixty-seven. Max heart rate two hundred two, and that was for four hours and four minutes. Well, that so doesn't see, seem bad. That's just one of your hot wing pictures from Rooster. Yeah. Three thousand three hundred eighty. But, yeah. <laughs> but he's taking. That's an intake for for Nathan. That's yeah. A, that's a, yeah. Yeah. That's he's burning out. that. Yeah. Out. That's an outtake yeah. for Corey Joy. Yeah. Yeah. You, you mean you don't think Nathan's burning that out? Well, eventually. <laughs> when I get home. <laughs> and I'm sure it's burning. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so this is a this is a, a total side note from what we were talking about, but. Um, I obviously you guys both know um John Andretti former IndyCar mm. driver NASCAR driver top fuel dragster uh, 24 hours a Daytona driver um passed away earlier in January of this year lost a lot I shouldn't even say it um succumbed to cancer um you know and I think John Andretti is one that I think gets overlooked in the 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 history of i guess motorsports but i was checking this out today on the nascar website he's got a he's got a new autobiography coming out called racer that comes out in september but he talks about growing up in the shadow of his uncle mario and michael um and again first guy to ever do the double racing the 500 and 600 in the same day did in 1994 uh, and even that, you know, I knew he had done it, but I didn't realize it was all the way back in 94 because then when Stewart did it and Gort, Robbie Gordon did it and some of these other guys, I felt like it was a bigger deal. Like the people were like, oh my gosh, nobody's ever done this before. Well, John Andretti. Um, the cool thing here, though, they talk about his first win. And I want to just take a second here to kind of read the story about him getting his first win at daytona in july for the pepsi 400 um he says he's running second there to uh mark martin he had ran second to mark martin at talladega and he said that you know he says i'm gonna kill myself if this all comes apart again we had led more than half of the race and he said i'm not gonna run second 
He says, Bill Elliott is behind me. He was a lap down with about 20 laps to go, so he wasn't racing for position. I pulled out. Bill came with me and helped push me to the lead. My spotter came on the radio and said, hey, for doing that, Bill would appreciate it if you'd let him get his lap back when the yellow, if the yellow comes out. He said, tell him that he'll get it. Unfortunately, it didn't work out. Bill fell back into the pack. And when you're lapped down, nobody will draft with you, which is odd because he's a guy you'd want to draft with. Why wouldn't you draft with Bill Elliott? He's a great plate racer, and he wasn't going to make a mistake. He said, I'm still leading the race with five laps to go. Dale Earnhardt, Big E, the Intimidator, the man in black, was running second when the caution flag came out. Ricky Rudd, Michael Waltrip, and Hut Strickland had crashed. I mean, that, that kind of shocked me. Those names right there would have caused a crash. <laughs> and the NASCAR officials doing You probably the, don't even remember Hut Strickland. I do remember the name. Okay. The I, I could, Circuit City car. <laughs> I couldn't break out all of the, their stats. Bobby Hill and Jr. before that. That's true. Snickers car, too, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, but NASCAR officials doing everything they could to clear the course, blah, blah, blah. There's no overtime, no green-white checkers, so only a few laps to do it. It was the Pepsi 400, not the Pepsi 405. Uh, under caution, Earnhardt pulled up next to me, weaving his car at mine. And he said, I'm not letting this guy get to me. I'm going to stay focused. He said, I just locked in, continued to look straight ahead at the pace car. He said, with two laps to go, my crew chief said, you're going to get what you wish for. They're going to throw the green the next time by. Which John Andretti said, wish for? Who the hell ever thought that? I wondered, the record book isn't going to say he finished under caution, and who cares if it does? I still win the race. <laughs> so uh, a great story. And uh, you know, just, again, I think a guy that I, I don't think John Andretti gets the well, – He was in the King car. He was in Richard Petty's car when he won that. Am I correct? He was uh, – not No. He yet. was at – he was in Kale Yarborough's. Um, that was in the RCA car. Yeah. Okay. Because that was the other part here that's interesting. He says, for the 97 season, Kale built a new shop and we had really good engines. He said, for the amount of money had, that we had, they were great engines. <laughs> he said, this is the cool part, though. He said, RCA came on as a sponsor and outfitted my whole house. Every room had a TV and a VCR. If RCA made it, it was in our house. But this is the cool part. We were talking about the engineers and everybody. He said, I would take the whole team to lunch every week. He said, it wasn't like Hendrick Motorsports where it would be buying lunch for 500 people. It was buying for 20 or 30. We were a tight group. It wasn't a factory at all. Everything happened in a small area. There were no politics. If you thought it, you should do If you thought you should do it, you just do it. You didn't have to go through this department or that department. It didn't always work. But we ran near the front quite a bit. And again, I think, you know, looking back at John Andretti and reading that story, and I'm excited to read his autobiography when it yeah, comes I'm happy out. Yeah, i to get that too. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, here's a guy that... I think Dustin should buy it for us and then we all discuss it. We can do that. <laughs> here's a guy that uh, grew up in the shadows of his uncle and his cousin and, you know, kind of in Kale Yarbrough's team in the shadow of some others. But, you know, you go back and listen to those names and... Again, he won in NASCAR. He won in the IndyCar. He won the 24 hours a day, Tony. He raced top fuel dragsters. He was the original. If it's got wheels, I'll go race. Oh, yeah. Um, he was the Jack Hewitt of asphalt and then ran yeah. dirt. Yeah, ran some dirt midget yeah. stuff. And um, So my question to you all, all in all of that with the hot take is, where do you rank John Andretti? Where would you put him in that list? Is 
looking at it that way, I would probably rank him higher than I would have without you just bringing all that to my attention. Mm -hmm. Just because... Because you do just kind of forget about it. Well, you know, he didn't win the prestigious races. Mm -hmm. You know, he wasn't on the, the, you know, racing headlines every week. You know, he... You know, there's a lot of times he was an also ran because you didn't pay attention to everything else he did. Mm -hmm. You know, when you lump it all together, it's like, holy cow. You know, he's right up there with everyone. Yeah. And, you know, and it's where I I guess I kind of struggle a little bit. I know we talked before about, you know, Dale Earnhardt Jr. and, you know, his his place and should he be in the Hall of Fame for NASCAR. It's where I wish there was a motorsports Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. Because that's a guy, and it's not because his last name's Andretti. That's a guy with his career of all the things he accomplished deserves to be in. But I don't know that I can argue for him to be a NASCAR Hall of Famer. I don't know that he's an IndyCar Hall of Famer. I don't know that he's a you know. I, I like your point there, but but I think mm-hmm. he's a, a definite motorsports. He hall, should yeah. be in the motorsports yeah. Hall of Fame. Agreed. So yes, I I don't know where he fits in, but it was just I, I happened to come across that article and was reading that excerpt from his autobiography, and I thought. You know, again, I probably wouldn't have ranked him nearly as high if I wouldn't have went back and actually yeah, looked at yeah. those things. All right, so our next question here, looking ahead. You know, this may be, and you guys can you know agree, disagree. I, I know we've talked a lot about guys that are struggling, but I've also started to kind of think, are they really struggling or have we finally got the – the level playing field in NASCAR that we've looked for um, in competition. But usually around this time, usually coming in to the end of June, first part of July, we see somebody take a run. We've seen Truex do it in the last few years. We've seen Harvick do it. We've seen Kyle Busch do it. Where that just seems like every week they're in contention to win or they're winning the race. Um, you know, that hot summer streak. You know, way back in the day, Stewart was one that kind of started that. We get on a hot summer streak. Who would you say right now, with the up and down we've seen with everybody, who is poised to have that breakout summer? Well, it sure ain't Kyle Busch. No. (laughs) That's a team that has to hit the panic button soon. Yeah, he didn't look good at all last night. Let's start start right there real quick, and sorry to interrupt you, but let's start with Busch. What's the problem? I don't know if the chemistry is failing inside the team. That's kind of what I'm leaning towards. Crew be, be, chief. And, we, we all know Kyle. I mean, he, he competes with everything. I guarantee you when he sits down with his family, he sees if he can finish his plate before everybody else mm-hmm. at the table does. Because, I mean, that's Kyle. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not going to say that he's no longer competitive, but there is something inside that team that is just not working anymore. Yeah, I don't think he's – you know, we've talked a lot before, too. You, you watch some drivers, and as they age, um, and, you know, life events happen, get married, start having kids. It changes all of us. But you start to see that when they were 25, 26, they were willing to take that chance and stick that car in there. Now they're – He's still willing to take I mean, that chance. But that's what I was going to yeah. say. I don't see that with Kyle. No. Kyle will stick the car there. I think what Kyle's struggling with right now is he don't have the, the car, car to, can't get there. Yeah, he don't have mm-hmm. the car to stick there. No, he can't get it there. And that's you know, that's one thing I, I don't want it to look like as well. Maybe Kyle's just kind of starting to Mm-mm. be okay. He's not that guy. He wants to win at everything. He wouldn't go run the truck series and Xfinity series 
unless he wanted to go win. I yeah. mean, he wants to win races. Um, but yeah, he. I, I mean that that team really needs which. I don't know what it is. You know, that team is just in a struggle right now. Hamlin is looking horrible. I mean, he's yeah. won a race, but he... Unless it's just, you know, like the fact that everybody else is caught up. You know, like you said, I think that's kind of got something to do with it too. But like Matt said, there's something inside that team right now that's that's not quite right. And, you know, and that's really shocking because typically a Gibbs team is pretty good mm -hmm. unity and harmony. I mean, mm -hmm. he is a master of, you know, working within the team and keeping everybody kind of on the same page and, you know, doing some of that stuff. And so it, it's kind of shocking that you would see some things that are not working together. But I, I agree. It's – I would have never imagined Gibbs struggling as much as what they are right oh, now. Oh, yeah. And it, it, I mean, it's a pure struggle. Yeah. So Chase Elliott is the one I think is, is on a small run. And as much as I hate to say it, Logano, I think, has a touch of a run going to. That's who I was probably going to narrow it down to would be Logano. I mean, he – the first part of the race last night, I mean, he was freaking gone. You but know. as soon as they caught him, yep. he fell right back. Yep. You know, that was uh, – but it's – and I, but I think Logano was on the run just because he got lucky and got the right set up when yep. everyone else was yep. in the wrong set up. But again, Bush could not recover. Mm-hmm. You know, he got down a lap and then stayed down. I mean, he could just not get – he could even be the front runner of a, the first car a lap down to get you know get the, the lucky dog mm -hmm. or whatever you call it there. I think another guy possibly that could make a, a run would be Kevin Harvick. Yeah. You know. But you never can rule Kevin out. You right. know, he's uh, – He's always there. To, yes. Yeah. You know, and I think if I was going to pick one – right now i think i don't disagree with either of the ones you threw out even though i dislike both of them but i think i'd go with last night's winner i know again it's we just talked about how much trouble that team is having but he seems more steady through the storm in truex but than some of the others so i think i'd jump right behind truex and say if they're gonna figure it out it would be him that catches fire I think the surprise, and I don't know if he's going to win a lot of races, but I think he's going to become very, very consistent. Is going to be that guy that finished second last night as Ryan Blaney. Yeah, I mean, I know he's, he's the stepson. You know, to uh, yeah, six. I was going to say six in points right now. Yeah, you know, he's the the, the step team. Mm -hmm. You know, more or less there to uh, you know Keselowski and them guys, but uh, we better start watching him. Yeah. I because mean, he slid up quite like you have to look it up. He was shocked that he was six. You know that he's running nineteen points behind Kislowski, eleven starts, five top fives, one stage win. See, Brad Kislowski is eleven starts, two wins, five top fives, two stage wins. Yeah. So outside of the two wins, I mean they're parallel, right there yeah. together. I mean, like you mentioned, Blaney, before all this COVID stuff happened, would they run four races? something like that he could have easily won two of them mm -hmm. he could have won the daytona 500 and then i think what was the following race was it phoenix if we would have had a late race caution last night i think blaney yeah would have either wrecked himself in true x or would have won i, yeah. I you know he but he could easily have multiple wins right yes now. i agree you know this is this is another stat that just shocked me rolling through talking about kyle bush and his struggles zero stage wins oh i know this year. i know yeah. 
That's you unheard know, I of. got him in our nice little uh, fantastic friendly pool there, and he's not getting no extra points there. There's a conspiracy. No, it's just there's no communication. Wrong. Uh, <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> but, I mean, it, that is that is really shocking to yeah. me. I but, mean, to, to not even – I mean, it just shows he hasn't been running up front. I mean, he can't even compete up front. And I knew Nathan was not watching the race late in the race because when Jimmy Johnson took the lead, I waited for a text message from him. Oh, I was watching when he took the lead. And I'm like, well, I like, I like pick my phone up and I like, <laughs> I'm like watching. Like, here we come. Chicken wing. <laughs> I was thinking ch- about ch- you. Ch- chicken wing. <laughs> Bone in for you. But <laughs> he finished 10th. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I have to wait another week. <laughs> All right. So on our uh, would you rather question oh tonight. No balloons, please. I actually saw that one today. I I laughed out loud again just reading it. Balloon lives matter. Would you rather have to put ketchup or ranch dressing on everything you eat? Ooh. I would almost go neither with that. You have to, one or the other. Mm. Ketchup or ranch on everything you eat? Ketchup. Everything, everything you eat. I See, would, it, it starts throwing a lot of stuff out because I'd have to go with ketchup. Also, I couldn't eat ranch dressing on macaroni and cheese. The only thing I eat ranch dressing on is <laughs> See, I salad could, because I think I think if you put like ranch and macaroni and cheese, it's just going to make it like creamy. It's going to be macaroni salad. Yeah, get like a spicy ranch or something like that. Well, he but, didn't say that. Right. I mean, I'm thinking like, what would you do? Ranch and eggs. <laughs> No way, man. I would probably (laughs) lean towards ranch just because I'm not a huge ketchup guy, but... See, I'm neither one. I I, I go mustard before I would go either one of those. Oh, I agree with that. If you said mustard, I'm fine. Yeah. But, like, if you're... Spicy mustard. Mm -hmm. Brown brown mustard. Yeah, brown mustard. Like... Gray poupon. Gray poupon. (laughs) Do you have any gray poupon? Poupon. Uh, I go straight to, though, like, the kind of off the wall things you eat like i i think of like having a morning bowl of cereal there's i would take ketchup over ranch on a bowl of cereal. i don't do cereal so i see i don't either yeah ice cream hmm. <laughs> i mean Ooh. that's see, you're gonna ruin it with either one of them i yeah. mean that's what that's that's what started to get yeah. me as i start looking at all these things mm. i'm like you know some of the things that i truly mm. truly love i mean yeah beer yeah <laughs> devil's cut so okay so let's ask this let's let, let's let's connect it back to a little bit of racing which would you rather have to put on your eldora pizza burger ketchup see i think i go ranch there too i've never had a pizza burger from there you've never had an eldora pizza burger no have you ever had a pizza burger yeah okay but never had one from eldora see on that on a pizza burger i'd go ranch because I've had, like, I'll dip pizza in ranch sometimes. Something different. See, I, I don't do a whole lot of added things. Mm-hmm. Like, I usually just eat it like I get it. And I'll be honest, the one that, that weirds me out the most, and 
is steak because I don't like sauce on my steak. Yeah, I don't like you cook a steak right, you don't need yeah. to. Yeah, if cover you cook it and prepare it correctly, you don't need to put nothing on. It. Right. So for me, like the thought of I have to put ketchup or I have to put ranch on top of a really nice steak, like that just weirds yeah. me out either way. People put barbecue sauce on a steak, and that that should be a sin. <laughs> ketchup on a steak is, is yeah that, but yeah, yeah ain't nobody messing my steak. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Question number two, what the heck? What the heck? If peanut butter wasn't called peanut butter, what would it be called? <laughs> peanut spread. That's exactly <laughs> what I thought. <laughs> peanut spread. Trying to think of something different. Peanutella. <laughs> Peanutella. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> I went right to like ground nuts. Mm. Like you get ground beef. I thought ground nuts. But it's more than ground. Well, it depends. Are you going chunky or creamy? Oh, okay. Huh. <laughs> depends if you like a little chunk. <laughs> we have lost Nathan. <laughs> well, we're in pure Na excitement. Na Nathan is off the reservation. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I first thought of spread, but man, that's hard. Well, what is some other? Yeah, like I mean, does it qualify for a jam or a jelly? I don't Peanut know. Sauce, <laughs> but huh? it's too thick to be a sauce. Yeah, it's too thick but... to be a sauce. That's why I went with the spread. Yeah. That's peanut whip. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. Or the generic peanut topping. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great value, Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, just looking ahead here, obviously, Homestead, I do want to bring this up for those that listen and obviously know our involvement. Brownstown Speedway back in action this weekend. With fans. With fans. Um, exciting stuff. And I'll tell you, the thing I'm most excited for the crown series gets to take its mm -hmm. opening debut the crown vicks will be there um shout out to kane's tree service sponsor of us and also helping out there giving an extra hundred dollars to the winner of the uh the crown vicks 220 dollars to win on saturday night in those crown vicks and i'm telling you guys if you have not watched those crown vicks race i'm not putting any other class down but they are the that they will be the stars of the show Saturday night. Make sure to get there early so you can watch Dustin Roller rolling in his Jeep. And make sure you give him the official Jeep wave when you see him. Yeah. <laughs> because he wanted to be one of a million. Yeah. One. <laughs> one. Uh won't be driving the Jeep Saturday night. Oh, you, last night <laughs> you said you were. Uh, <laughs> also be, might be too cold for him on the way yeah. home also everybody head over to thirstygoent.com click on the careers tab we're looking for a new darf co-host and also a co-host for throttled up the podcast now, uh, be careful all them clowns out there they'll be chiming in you can you can you can apply directly you there um, i'm the head clown so it works <laughs> looking for new applications um 
There, the, there will be a question there at the bottom. Do you own a Jeep? Um, that will help uh, if you're a... Uh, well, shoot, it's going to crash the internet on millions of people, Brian. <laughs> Satellites blowing up in outer space. Uh, <laughs> it was worth the purchase just for the jokes you got out of it. Head of Chrysler's calling right now, boost up that Jeep production. <laughs> We're putting people to work, man. Them jeeps. <laughs> back at it. <laughs> That's a back on track plan. <laughs> Recovery from yeah. COVID. Phase four. <laughs> All right. Well, we will be back next week again with another Darf episode uh, <laughs> to discuss this weekend at Homestead. Maybe, I, maybe not all of us, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> You can catch Matt on his other show, I Hate Jeeps, <laughs> <laughs> debuting next week. Why do you want to be like everyone else? <laughs> I'm just going to buy into that tire and wheel plan that everybody buys from. Oh, it's not up. I was gonna, I was gonna play the Matt's rant because this is Matt's rant. <laughs> Anti Jeep for life. Nah, uh, might as well like a Jeep. Everyone has one. <laughs> and also, check out Matt at the Comedy Attic. Uh, do an open mic next week, Thursday evening. Sponsored by Jeep. <laughs> uh, so. I gotta find the anti-Jeep vehicle. Yeah. That's what is it? 180 degrees off of a Jeep. That that's gonna be my next vehicle. I have to think about it. that's a yeah. good question. Yeah, we're gonna have to find that. Yeah. I'm gonna start a fad with that that vehicle. What would it be? Like a Corvette? That's too classy. Mm. But you're 180 degrees off. That's true. Well, I know you're not because, I mean, Jeeps cost about as much as Corvettes do. <sighs> All right. Especially that Juck or or Treep or whatever you call it. You know, the, oh, the truck one? <laughs> what are them Treep. called? What are them called Jucks? <laughs> Jeeks? <laughs> I got to say... I, I'm not a fan of the... Oh, but you're a Jeep life. <laughs> Hashtag Jeep life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got to burn arms and show it, man. I'm... I can't wait. You won't miss Dustin, though. Even when he's driving around alone, he's got the big car seat that sits up higher than the uh, <laughs> the roll bar in the back. So when you see him out and about in the Crothersville, Jackson, Jennings County area, make sure you give him the official Jeep wave and say hi to him when he goes by. <laughs> All right. So again, <laughs> join Matt next week for I Hate Jeeps, the new podcast being brought out by Thirsty Goat Entertainment. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Darf Show unless weather takes out Homestead, Miami, and then we'll be back after the Talladega race. Uh, the week after so be watching for that thanks everybody for joining and have a great weekend